Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, I want to get into my message this morning. I'm looking forward to preaching this. Uh, This is one of those messages I wrote like four times and finally just gave up and said, okay, I'm just going to kind of let it flow. I've got, I've got some rough notes, and we're just going to, I've got a PowerPoint, and I just want to share what God's been dropping in, dropping in, dropping in, dropping in all week. There is this word. It is blessing. I appreciate our uh, black preachers across this country. Have anybody here watched T.D. Jakes? I mean, that guy can just flat out preach, but one of the things I appreciate about the black culture, the black preaching culture is Boy, they throw a word out there, and they could spend five minutes getting you fired up about that word, blessing. I mean, I want to come to the, all, they, all, all T.D. Jake says is blessing, and I just want to come to the altar and give my life to Jesus, right? Blessing. I want you to think about that word this morning, blessing. It's one we don't use much in America, other than when you sneeze, right? Blessing. And I believe... This week, as I preached, as I, as I prayed and I prepared, I believe God said to me, say to the church, I still bless. I still bless. God still blesses today. I think we've lost that. I think we forget that sometimes. God still blesses. You say, Pastor Barry, what do you mean? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Get this. God blesses. God blesses people You all know your people, right? Okay, I was going to say, if not, I need to go a different direction with this message this morning. That means God blesses you. Think about that word blessing. God blesses people. God blesses individuals. God blesses families. God blesses communities. God blesses cities. God blesses states, God blesses nations, God to this day still bless. And where I want to go with this this morning is why? Why does God bless? Is it just because he's got extra stuff he wants to throw around and therefore I think I'm going to bless a little bit or is there more to it than that? And I want you to understand this morning there's more to God's blessings and God's blessing than just, I got an extra hundred dollars i'm gonna throw it at you know i'm gonna throw it at scotty this week not that he wouldn't take it right i've never met a young 20 something yet that would send the check back fair i'll be honest with you i'm 54 i wouldn't send the check back (laughs) neither would you don't be too pious why does god bless God blesses because of this thing called covenant. And I want to talk about covenant a little bit this morning. I preached about it. I've taught about it a lot in the last few years. Covenant. We, we think sometimes of covenant, and that's another word we just don't use in our world today, but the, only, the closest we have is marriage covenant. Two people stand up at an altar and they say their vows and they step into a marriage covenant with one another and we kind of know that and some people want to make it just a contract, but I got to tell you, if a marriage is built on a contract, that's a pretty cold marriage right? Now there is a contractual piece of it. When, when you stand up there and you, you say your vows, there is a contractual piece. I, I do commit to this and, I, and they commit to that, but, there, but, but it's not built on a contract that I put a signature on. It's built on a relationship that I love them and they love me, right? You get that? That's covenant. 
Why does God bless you? Why does God bless nations? Why does God bless communities? Because I I want you to get this this morning. God does that this morning because God is in a covenant with those those of us that have chosen to serve him. Did you know that? Did you know you're in a covenant with God? And any time a covenant takes place, there are promises. I stood up and, and I said my vows with Ruthie and Ruthie said her vows to me. And when we made that marriage covenant, we, we established some promises. I will do this and this and this and I will keep this and this and this. And she made those promises to me. And, and God is in a covenant with you. And one of the promises, the big promises, I will bless you. Now, now, now listen, get, get this this morning. You know, a, a lot of marriages don't go so well today, sadly. Because the vows have come to be just, just the ritual you got to go through to have the honeymoon. It, as a matter of fact, most people don't even figure they need that to have the honeymoon experience. That's America today. And, and you can break them as easily as you can say them. But when it comes to God and His covenant... When God makes a promise, it's for real and it's forever. So when God says to his people, I'm in a covenant with you and I will bless you, he's going to bless you. Right? He's going to bless you. I want to look at a passage this morning. Deuteronomy 5 is one of the first places we see a covenant towards an entire people. It's, It's the second reading of the, the covenant God made with, with the children of Israel uh, at Mount Sinai. And it goes like this. Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the rules that I speak in your hearing today, and you shall learn them and be careful to do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb, which is Sinai, where the mountain was, where the Ten Commandments were given. Not with our fathers did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are all of us here alive today. And here's what I want you to see this morning. First of all, God made the covenant with the fathers of these people. He made it with the original children of Israel, the people that came out of Exodus. But now he has come to the next generation, and I preached this a few weeks ago, that how to recreate a nation, the next generation. He, he's, he's come to the next generation and says, hey guys, Now the covenant that I made there is now the covenant I've made with you. But here's the cool thing. I want you to see this. The concept, the idea of covenant, of that loving relationship, those loving commitments, those loving promises, it it carries over into the New Testament. It carries over into the modern church. It carries over into our lives, your life and my life. We we find it again in 1 Corinthians. It's not the old Mosaic covenant, but it it is the fulfillment of that covenant through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11, 25 and 26, it gets put this way when, when, the, when Paul's writing about the Lord's Supper, communion. He says, in the same way also, Jesus, he, Jesus took the, t- the cup after supper saying, now get this, hear this, hear this, hear this. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. See, when Jesus died on the cross rose on the third day when his blood was shed, when the Son of God, we know he's the Son of God because he rose on the third day. Many witnesses, many proofs. uh, we, We know he was the Son of God. When the Son of God himself, holy and pure, died on the cross and shed his blood to cover your sins and my sins, it set in place a new covenant. Y'all with me this morning? The new covenant was the fulfillment of the old covenant. The blessings of the old covenant carry over as blessings in the new covenant. God wants to bless you. 
Here's the reason. Here's where it all, what it all comes down to. Get, get this this morning. Covenant equals promise. Anybody here ever make a promise? You ever pinky promise? How many of you guys ever pinky promised? So girly. Sorry, Scotty. You're not alone, buddy. Pinky promise? How many of you guys ever spit in your hand and did it the manly way and shook hands? Man, you would not make it in a COVID world. <laughs> we make our promises, and sometimes our promises get kept, and sometimes they don't. But hear this this morning. When God makes a promise, God, when he stepped into a covenant with you, he made a promise. His promise was to bless. Covenant equals promise. And this day, today, God still blesses. God still blesses. God still blesses. What do God's blessings look like? Let me just preach here for a minute. What does it look I mean, it's great, great, Pastor Barry. You say up there, you stand up there and say, God blesses, then what does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. And we, I, I could keep you all here for a long, long time, and I won't this morning because I, I got till 1030-ish. Uh, and, and that wasn't just the direction the sermon went. But what do the blessings of God look like? Well, the first thing they look at, or one thing they look like, is this. It's, it's prosperity and abundance. Can I preach there for a minute? Y'all get this. If you're here this morning and you're walking in a relationship with Jesus, with God the Father through Jesus, if you're walking under that new covenant, God is in a covenant with you. That means God has made promises to you. And part of those promises are abundance and prosperity. Now, I've got to add on to that a little bit. I've got to explain that a little bit because we've got a group that want to preach this morning that what that means is everybody ought to have three Cadillacs and 14 84-inch TVs in their million-dollar mansion. That's a shame because that's just a real mess-up of the gospel. Can I tell you this morning, if you want to talk about what abundance and prosperity looks like, we, we have to have a little bit of perspective. Do, do you know America's an amazing place? Yeah. It's an amazing place. Like it or not, it's an amazing place. And a little historical perspective is valuable because the poorest of us in America today would still be wealthy compared to many who lived in America 150 years ago. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, poor of us, the poorest of us in America today, today, are, are, are living with prosperity and abundance in relation to the majority of the world in the 21st century. We Listen, you may not be part of the 2%, if you are, God bless you. Pay your tithe. You may not be part of the 2%. Say, Pastor Barry, I make just middle class, middle of middle, of middle class, maybe even bottom into middle class. How can you tell me that I have prosperity and abundance? You have prosperity and abundance. Perspective. We're blessed. We're blessed. Not only that, there's this thing in America called upward mobility. 
Some people call it a joke. Some people say it's not true. Can I tell you, as a man who was born in America to two parents who both had to work and made barely above minimum wage, it's a real thing. They worked hard, hard. Watched my dad get up and go and work his first shift job in a cabinet factory. I watched him come home at the end of the day exhausted. I watched my mom for many years. She would go to work her second shift job. She, he would go to work at 5 in the morning and get home at 3. She would leave to go to work at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He would get home at 3. They wouldn't even see each other. They would pass in the night, or in the day, I guess, as it was. Watched him do it for years. Upward mobility. It's a real thing allowed their son to go to a technical school, take out a a, a loan, get some grants, get an education, and do better. we're, We're blessed. We're blessed. Am I a millionaire? No. Could I have been one? Probably. God had a different call on my life, and I'm okay with that. We're blessed. Say, Pastor Barry, what does it mean to be blessed? It means... It means God has made a promise, I will give you abundance and prosperity. We've got to stop comparing our abundance and our prosperity to the next guy. Right? To the 2% or the 10% or the 50%. God has blessed us with abundance. Say, what does prosperity mean? You know, in America, that's really where we go with this whole thing of blessing. Okay, God... um, I'm blessed, that means if I was really blessed, I'd have a jet. Or at least a four-seater. Or at least, at least a really fast car. Right? But when it comes to the blessings of God, that's the most shallow part of it. Let me tell you how we're blessed. We're blessed with health. Anybody here frustrated with our medical system? Yeah, every day I have to deal with it. I'm frustrated with it, right? Anybody think it could be better? Absolutely, it could be better. Should be better, would be better. I could go off on a whole lot of political stuff that I'll just leave alone this morning because you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about political stuff. But do you know the average age of a, a, a man in America right now? I think it's about 80. We live to about 80 average. Maybe it's 79, 78. You ladies, you're killing it. You're like 82, right? Do you know if we just go back 50 years or 100 years, do you know what the average age was about 100, 150, 200 years ago? 45, 55 was pretty old. God's blessings on this nation, as frustrated as we get, as tired as I get of the system, as messed up as it is, as many doctors as you've got to go see. I was talking to somebody earlier this week. I don't remember who it was. You're probably sitting here right now. That's what happens when you break 50, okay? Um, and, and, they're like, and we were, yeah, I, they were talking about, you know, you go and see three doctors, four doctors. You used to be able to just go to your primary, and they would give you a pill, and it'd get better. Now you go see four doctors, and at the end, they still don't fix the problem. It seems like that's the way. But yet, we're blessed with health in America. What does it mean? It means God has blessed us. God blesses us. Not only that, I've shared the story before, and this is just a, a, a rough, maybe even a little bit coarse example. 
I probably won't share this one on my next sermon because it's on the live feed and my friend may be on there, but I've got a friend. He and I grew up together, um, ran around in high school together, pre-Jesus days, did things that I don't talk about a lot. One of the things we did was, you know, if you're a, a young man, man in Indiana, you chew tobacco. Chew tobacco. The school I grew up in, that was it. Most, you know, and we did. Chewed, loves, love me some skull. Just did. And if you were a real man, you didn't spit, you swallowed. True story. And I grew up through high school. That was, and that became, I never smoked. Cigarettes was never my thing. You know, because they're dirty, right? <laughs> so I chewed. And by the time I got out of high school, I was addicted. And I gave my life to Christ, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to put that stuff down, because it's not good for you, it's not healthy for you, it's not a good witness, stop. This is before I became called a pastor or anything else, and I said, okay, God, I will. And I've told you all the story, and, and I, I would buy a can of school, and I, I was going to ITT at the time, I'd drive to Fort Wayne from Napanee, and I'd get under conviction, and I'd throw it out the window, and I'd go to my class there for four hours for classes, turn around, drive back, and under conviction, and didn't have any more money, and I was having the cravings, I was like, man, where did I throw that? I'm ready to stop alongside the road and go look through, fish through the weeds, trying to find that can of school that had been laying there. But over the period, a period of time and a lot of, a lot of prayer and a lot of not fun, I put it down. My friend didn't. Never really got to the place where Jesus was the primary in his life. Don't know that he's there today. Not exactly sure where he is. And about three years ago, we got the Facebook notification from his, his wife. He's been diagnosed with cancer. And now he's going through radiation. I saw him here a few months ago, um, and, and he's come through it, and he's doing well. And, but I looked at him, and he just, he's lost weight, and he just looks, he looks good, but he looks thin and weak. I say, Pastor Bray, what's your, my, your point? My point is simply this, and that's just one rough example. You know what? You make a choice to live for Jesus Christ, and you make a choice to let the Holy Spirit convict you and deal with you, and you make a choice to let God's ways and God's principles guide the decisions you make about what you do with your body and how you do it. And we could talk about a whole lot of other things beyond just tobacco. We could talk about how much you sleep. We could talk about what you put in your, food to, or in your mouth to eat. We could talk about how much ice cream you eat. You all know that that's near and dear to my heart, and I could talk about that for a while, and, and I, I regularly deal with that, okay? I keep it under control. All right, we could talk about a lot of things, but when you make the choice that, God, I'm going to live my life your way, listen, I'm not telling you you're going to live to be 140. I'm not going to tell you you're never going to get sick. There are those preachers that will tell you that if you have enough faith, you'll never get sick. I'm not going to tell you that. Paul himself in Galatians had an eye problem, prob probably from malaria. And it was that that took him to Galatia, to the churches in Galatia, to preach the gospel. And God didn't take it away from him. Go read it, Galatians 2, 3 through there. All right, I'm not going to tell you you're not going to sick, but I am going to tell you this morning that the blessings of God are this, that when you choose to live to, for God and live God's ways, he will take your level of health from here to here. 
You understand what I'm saying this morning? The blessings of God are promises and they're real. And I'm also telling you this morning that when you walk with the Lord and you do find yourself in a place to sick, you have a a, a heavenly father you can go to and you can pray for and you can legitimately ask for and you can by faith expect him to touch you and to heal you. Right? The blessings of God are more than just four Cadillacs and a big screen TV. Thank God for the material blessings. They're they're there, but it's more than that. It's health. How about this? It's relationships. My wife and I were getting ready here in just a a few weeks, very short few weeks. Honey, I better put that on the calendar. I don't want to forget this. This is really important. August 24th, we will have been married 35 years. Yeah, which is cool. I'll be more excited when we hit 50, but you know. I'm excited for 35. I was going to ask Ruthie if she minded if I shared this. I didn't. I forgot. So um, I'm going to share it anyway. <laughs> we, we got married really young, like teenage young. Every statistic that has ever been published said our marriage should not make it. Right? We had no business making it at all. Got married young got married poor. You know, there's people that say all we need is love. Well, we knew we needed more than love, but love's about all we had for a long time, isn't it? And the only reason we, and you say, well, Pastor Barry, yeah, you guys just had the perfect marriage. No, we didn't. She married an imperfect husband, and I married an imperfect wife, and we fought. Oh, it was never knock down, drag out, fist physical stuff. She scared me. I wouldn't fight with her that way. I always knew I had to sleep, and she knew where the ball bat was. It was never that, but we had our disagreements. We had our fights. We had our moments. We had a lot of them when we were first married those first years. And the only reason that we're coming up on 35 years is Jesus Christ, our relationship with God, our choice that despite what we go through, what, what, we, what we, we struggle with, where our battles may come, God is going to be in the center because he's made a covenant with us, and God's covenant has said, I will bless your marriage. You see, that's part of the blessings of God. It's not just four Cadillacs and a big screen TV. It's not even just health. It's health upon your relationships and health upon your marriage and health upon your children and health upon that, the, the, the safety of your children and, and the future of your children and where your children go. That's the blessings of God. God still blesses today. Are you hearing me this morning? Say, so Pastor Barry, I've gone through some hard stuff. I've gone through, through some difficult things. Those things haven't worked out for me. I'm not preaching this this morning to make you sad or depress you or discourage you or, or condemn you or judge you. I know there's many in this nation today that are walking through that thing, but I believe God want, wanted me to say to you this morning, your past is your past. Your previous choices are your previous choices. What's gone before has gone before. And I'm telling you at this point, this moment in time, the choices you make, God still blesses amen god still blesses god still blesses not only that he gives us peace he gives us joy god still blesses oh i could preach there for a while if you want to see it if you want to read it if you want to get a little deeper grasp of what i'm talking about this morning you can go to leviticus 26 deuteronomy 28 both of those places talk about it but i want you to know this morning this god still blesses You know, God not only blesses people and families and communities, He blesses nations. Can I talk talk about America for a minute? 
If you've got your Bibles there, and I, I don't have this one up on the screen, so if you've got your Bibles or your Bible app, go to Deuteronomy. Let, let, me, just, let me just read this to you. Deuteronomy 28 this morning. Deuteronomy 28. Let me just tell you about the blessings of God upon a nation. You say, Pastor Barry, ex- explain this to me, okay? God's original promise, His original covenant was with the nation of Israel. And it was with the nation of Israel. It wasn't with individuals. It was with the nation of Israel. And, 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 and I, we're going to look at what those blessings entailed this morning. And God's, despite what some may teach, God's covenant blessings upon the nation of Israel have not transferred directly to the nation of America. Okay? God, America isn't the new Israel. But within America are many people who themselves are walking in the new covenant, all right? There are Christians, although it seems like we're becoming less and less all the time, this nation has many within it, many within its borders that are walking in the new covenant, and therefore part of our blessings gets transferred to our our, our nation, okay? So there is that piece of it, but there's another piece of this I want you to see this morning. And let me just read with you chapter 28. Let me just read with you a little bit of the blessings that God made, the promises he made to the nation. And if, it, and if, you're faith, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, and he's talking to Israel, the nation, the Lord your God being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. God has done that with America, for America. Not because we're the new Israel. I'll, I'll show you why that's happened in a moment. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all These blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field, blessed shall you be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle. America could feed the world with our agriculture, with the fruit of our land, if we were given the opportunity. The greatest cities, not all of them, there's many great cities around the world, but America has some of the greatest cities in the world. New York City... it's the hub of the world financially. Wall Street is there for a reason, right? God has blessed America. Blessed be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneeling bowl. And yeah, this is written to an agrarian society, but I want you to see this. So much of it applies to where we are today. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. And the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. America defeated the enemies through World War I, World War II. We won won a battle in the war of independence that we should have never been able to win. We stood against Hitler when the world was on the verge of collapse because of the blessings of God. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you and your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the hand. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself. And that was a promise to, to Israel. If you keep the commandments. And I want to jump down and read to you verse... 13, I believe it is, the Lord will open up to you as good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands, and you shall not borrow, and the Lord will make you head and not the tail, and you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord. I'm trying to watch my time. God has blessed America. 
not because we're the new Israel, but because God's promises are also principles. Now, you all get this, okay? I'm not on camera, so I can come down here for this first service. I'll keep six away, feet away from you, Becky. Joe, I may not from you. I don't know. You're a man. You can take it, right? We don't spit. We swallow. God has blessed America not because we're the new Israel, but because we made a decision to follow the principles of the Word of God. Right? Now, now get this, okay? Understand this. I've been talking about the promises. The promises are so powerful, they're not just promises, they're principles. Say, Pastor Barry, what are you saying? Now, now, now hear me on this, okay? You could take the most unchristian, unsaved individual in the world... And if they would make a choice that they would live out the principles of God, the principles of the Ten Commandments, if you will, talked about them last Wednesday, if they would live them out, do you know what their life would look like? It would be pretty good. We could even say they're blessed. Now, they're not walking in relationship with God. They don't have an eternal eternal promise. But I'm going to tell you, the promises of God are so powerful, they're not just promises, they're principles. In America, even though we had some of our founding fathers that weren't Christians, some of them weren't deep Christians, and even though throughout the years we've had a lot of of politicians and leaders that have just been far from what we would call Christian in their morality, Christian in their faith, as a whole, this nation made a decision. We're going to live out the, the, the principles of the Word of God and how we treat our neighbor and how we treat our, our friends and how we treat our family and what our family looks like and how we stand. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that those principles that America has chosen to follow has brought the ble- what we can call the blessings of God upon a nation that, you know, we call ourselves a Christian nation, but I'll be honest with you folks, we've never been a, quote, Christian nation, not in the sense that Israel was the people of God. We've always had Christians in us, but it was that choice to follow the principle. And the promises of God are so powerful if you just live out those principles. And you're going to have a good life. Now listen to me. This, I'm, you say, okay, Pastor Barry, that's great. Then you're t- telling me all i got to do is, is follow the Ten Commandments. Well, I'm telling you, if you follow the Ten Commandments, you're going to have an incredible life. But the sweet spot, if I can talk about that for a moment, the special spot, the sweet spot, is when you make a choice, I'm going to live out the principles of God, the commandments of God, but I'm also going to walk in relationship with God. Then look out, because now you've not only got a life that is a good life because you're living out the principles, because they're powerful principles, but now all of a sudden you've got a life where the blessings of God because of the covenant relationship are also being poured out upon you. And now not only are you looking at external things, you have wealth, you have prosperity, you have, good, you have a lot of those things, but you're looking at that extra God is looking upon you and smiling upon you and you're walking in joy and you're walking in peace. I'm going to tell you, there are plenty of people. We could talk about a lot of them. I could bring up names of very wealthy, successful businessmen that are even today building some of the tech giants in the world that, that have incredible amounts of money that they themselves actually could have five Cadillacs and 20 big screen TVs. In fact, they probably do, that sit in their million-dollar mansion, but they don't have a whole lot of peace, and they don't have a whole lot of joy, and they don't have a whole lot of fulfillment, and they struggle with a lot of depression, and they deal with broken relationships and kids that want nothing to do with them because they've been working 20 hours a day. The sweet spot is walking in relationship as well as walking under the principles. But my goodness, 
That's why America's been blessed. And here's, here's my fear for our nation. We've come to the place we're walking out from underneath the principles of God. I was driving in this morning, so Christine Rabbit Trail, okay? I told her before, I said God was just giving me something on the way in, it may be a rabbit trail. Um, just one example, we're walking out from underneath the principles of God. We've become a borrowing nation. I just read it there at the end. You will, be, you, you, will be, you will be the one that lends, not the one that borrows. We've become a borrowing nation. Trillions and trillions of dollars we now have borrowed, contrary to the principles of God. Do you know why we've done that? This is what I believe God spoke to me coming in this morning. Do you know why we've done that? Because we as a nation have come to break the Tenth Commandment. You know what the Tenth Commandment is? The Tenth Commandment is, Thou shalt not covet. Or covet. Thou shalt not covet. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's mule. Don't covet your neighbor's donkey. Don't covet your neighbor's truck. Don't covet your neighbor's Cadillac. Don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't covet your neighbor's business. Don't covet your neighbor's wealth. And we've become, a, we've become over the last decades upon decades upon decades, we've become a people that we've got to have the latest and the greatest and the best, and we've got to beat the Joneses. And you know how we do that? We borrow. Isn't that the American way? We borrow. We buy the biggest and the best. And it's put us in a place where as individuals we become borrowers and debtors. As states we become borrowers and debtors. As a nation we become borrowers and debtors. Listen to me, China owns, last I knew, if I've got the number right, and, and, and I could be off, but they own a substantial amount of our debt. China themselves own, I believe it's about one-third of the trillions and trillions of dollars that our nation owes right now. We've walked away from the commandments, the principles of God. And I fear for our nation, and that's just one example. So, Pastor Barry, what's your point? My point is this, God still blesses. He still blesses those that choose to follow him. Let me bring this to a close this morning. Because this whole thing of covenant equals promise goes both ways. Covenant equals promise, and promise equals covenant. You say, what do I mean by that? I mean, when I stood there across from Ruthie and I made a covenant commitment to her, she also made a covenant commitment to me. When we stepped into a relationship with God, he made a covenant promise to us, I will bless you, but we also, did you know you made a covenant promise to God when you became a follower of Christ? Did you know that? You say, Pastor Bray, I didn't know that. What does that look like? What, 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 what is this promise? What does it look like? Jesus put it this way in Matthew twenty two thirty seven. He said, this is the promise, this is the big picture promise that you've made when you stepped into covenant. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Did you know you made that promise to God when you stepped into a relationship with Him? Now listen, I, I, we all get excited about health and family and blessings. I don't really want a Cadillac, but I could get pretty excited about a new truck. Right? I mean, we get excited. God, give us the blessings. Pour out the blessings. God, Dump some blessings on me. Right? But covenant works both ways. And God's word says, 
When you stepped into relationship, you made a promise. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You say, what does that got to do with the Old Testament covenant? Well, Jesus was actually quoting Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. What does loving God with everything I am look like? I'm going to give you just four things this morning, and then I'm going to bring this to a close. And I want to share in depth about them um, probably next time I preach. I, I believe God's given me some insights into these four. But let me just show you the, share with you the four that we have. It, it's called the first four of the Ten Commandments. This is what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, and all your mind. You say, Pastor Barry, I didn't know that he actually told us what that looked like. He does, actually. It looks like this. Verse 7 of Deuteronomy 5. If you love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, then all your mind, then you're going to have no other gods before Him. No other gods before Him. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, then you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, then observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. I want to dive into those, dig into them, and that's another message this morning, but I want you to walk out of here this morning getting this. God still blesses. Because He has made a covenant promise with you if you're walking in relationship with Him. This is what I want to do this morning. If you would all stand. Cheryl, help me out. If I could get you to bow your heads for just a moment, I want you to take a moment just alone with you and God. We've got about a minute. And we're going to have you out of here. But this is what I want you to ponder in your own heart. How are you doing with your peace, your side of the covenant? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. I gave you some specifics, but forget those this morning. Just just look into your own heart. How are you doing? Is God first in your life? How are you doing on your side of the covenant? Because promise equals covenant and covenant equals promise. How are you doing on your side? And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Barry, I'm not sure I'm doing so good in some places. Then this is the moment in time to repent. When I say repent, I mean make a choice where you're at right now in your heart and your mind and say, God, I see it, I understand it, I see why I've missed in some of your blessings upon my life because I haven't been keeping my side of the covenant and this morning I'm going to turn around and walk a different direction. That's what I like to do this morning. If that happens to be anybody in this room, I'm not going to call you out and make you come to the front, but I would like there to be a response and if you're struggling with some area of God being first, would you just slip your hand up in the air and I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to believe God that he's going to help you with that walking a new direction. And I see several, several this morning. Yes, Lord. And Father, right now I pray over the hands that are lifted. God, they've had the courage and the strength to say, I, I've got some areas, God, where I'm coming up short in the covenant and I, I repent this morning. And I pray this morning your strength be upon their hearts and their lives. I pray you guide and direct their choices. 
I pray, God, you step in, Lord, and that you give them joy. God, that you pour out the presence of the Spirit of God upon them to walk in a new direction. Lord, that they can once again walk under the fullness of your blessings. I want to ask one more question this morning. Are you here this morning? Say, Pastor Barry, I'm not really in covenant with God. I don't really have that relationship, and I would really like to. I'd really like this morning to walk in a place where I honor him and he honors me. I honor him and obey him and he blesses me. I'd really like that. If that's you this morning, would you slip your hand up for just a moment and back down and I'm going to pray with you right where you're at and right where I'm at. Anyone at all? Say, Pastor Bray, that's me. That's me. I see a hand. You pray this prayer with me and if you didn't raise your hand and you need to, pray along with us this morning. In fact, just everybody pray this. Say, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I know I need you as a savior. I need to be in covenant with you. And this morning, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to live in my life and my heart. I surrender my life to you. All my days, I will obey to the best of my ability. Amen. Lord, I pray this morning as we leave this place, your hand be upon each one. God, help us to walk, walk in covenant. Walk, Lord, in the love that you offer us. I pray this morning that you would bless your people as they make choices to follow your commandments and follow your teachings and follow your ways. Lord, I pray those places that each one of us, including this pastor, we veer off the path. God, Holy Spirit, steer us back. Point us back. Help us to walk in obedience. And God, I pray for our nation this morning. God, we veered from the principles of the Word of God. I pray, God, move us back to that place, to where we honor you and we we choose to live our lives and run our society your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, folks. Love you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.